What's up, fam? Welcome to the Jackson Johnson podcast. I'm here with Joey, my bro. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate uh, coming on and talking with uh, all your fans and the whole fam. All right, we're using the one microphone here because a bit of rain, so uh, we're just passing it back and forth. But yeah, Joey's actually probably had more experience behind a microphone and a camera than I have, which is very rare for someone to be on the podcast. But yeah, today today we're going to be discussing with Joey about uh, diabetes and how it's affected his life, and he's recently got right into health and fitness, and I want to know more about how diabetes affects people, and it's really cool that we've got Joey here because I've had a lot of people ask me my advice about diabetes, also type 1, type 2, and I'm not very educated on it, so I'm going to hit Joey up with some questions, and then we're going to also chat about something, something that Joey's doing on the Gold Coast now that's very exciting that we're going to be collaborating on, but... Let's get to start with, I want to know a little bit about uh, Joey's story, you know, just a quick elevator speech, where he grew up, um, what type of diabetes he has, when he got it, and uh, then we'll pass it back. Awesome, man. Well, yes, yeah, so I grew up in uh, Albury-Wodonga, just on the border of New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, diagnosed with diabetes almost seven years ago, so a really odd age to get uh, type 1 diabetes. Uh, most people usually will get juvenile diabetes whether they're born or quite early in their age, or type 1 diabetes will kind of be a late onset, maybe into your late 40s, 50s. Um, or you might even start with type 2 diabetes and get type 1 if you don't kind of follow the steps to try and manage your diabetes. So it was about three days before I turned 21. Um, started feeling really ill, uh, was really dehydrated a lot, losing a lot of weight. I went, I think I went from around about maybe 85 kilos down to maybe 75 kilos. And I was going, I was going to gym every day. I thought I was doing really well. I was just like, well, I was getting super frustrated. I was like, why well, can't I put on weight? Went to the doctors. They did some tests, sent me straight to hospital. Uh, I was in hospital for about four days in ICU, um, and then because I was currently doing my kicking off my radio career in uh, Bega, which is on the south coast of New South Wales, uh, where the cheese is from, um, the education that I got wasn't really that great. Um, you know, it was kind of like, all right, here's what you got. This is what you're gonna gonna do. Now just go out into the world and kind of figure it out on your own. Um, and uh, I just kind of started freaking out about the disease a lot um, because I didn't know so too much about it. I didn't really know how to manage it properly. Uh, I started seeing an endocrinologist, which is a specialist in diabetes, got a little bit more um, a little bit more on it and slowly started built, putting fitness back into my regime again. Um, and then fitness kind of came this wave so i'd go really fit for a while and then it would just kind of, i just would want to just get back into partying again and stuff like that and the thing is because i didn't grow up with the diabetes i still was trying to keep this lifestyle that i had when i was you know 18 19 20 where i could you know party and do all that kind of stuff and it would have no effect on my body or it, i wouldn't have a noticeable effect on my body like it did when i now that i had diabetes um so that was kind of that was kind of been my life for the last kind of six years. It's kind of just not probably managing as as well as I have. I go through these waves where I go, all right, so we're gonna get right back in fitness, gonna get crazy, and then um, and then I just yeah, I'd, I'd I'd get demotivated. I'd get you know annoyed that I'd have all these kind of much blood sugars and stuff wouldn't be like where I wanted to be, and that would kind of get me demotivated. And I'd just be super upset about it, and then you know you kind of just get back into this kind of pit 
really of uh, of you know thinking oh stuff it I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about it who cares um, because the problem with diabetes is it's a long term disease so you don't notice the effects of your diabetes early on it's really 20 years down the track 15 years down the track where you're going to start noticing your blood vessels will thin and you'll have heart problems and kidney problems and you know I, I remember still going into hospital and there was this guy next to me and he had type 1 diabetes and they must have placed me there um, because he was going to get his foot amputated from just not looking after his diet and he even fighting with the nurse about the food you could have and you know how much because you know it's so funny such a small thing that a lot of people would never think about that food becomes so crucial in your life you know that i can fix a low blood sugar with a banana like a banana can save my life you know which is just it's it's mind-blowing so yeah it's been uh it's been a pretty crazy journey and and, and fitness especially in this last couple of months is just I don't know why now it's become so important to me, but it's, yeah, it's really kind of changed everything. That was awesome. And uh, to hear that from, to hear that from you, um, it kind of blew me away because uniquely we've hung out a lot, but it's usually been with other people and like we catch up at like a party or an event. We've worked together on a few things. I've done some interview stuff with you at events uh, with Mitchie, with Pineapple Express and stuff like that. It hasn't really been the place where I'm going to be like, hey, Joe, like tell me 30 minutes about your, um, you know, dis-ease or your, your diabetes. And um, it just wasn't my place to really step in. But I've always had these questions and I'm super stoked to, to hear this. Not because I'm super stoked that you've got it, but I'm super stoked to hear more about it. And I know there's going to be people who are going to search this podcast and go, he knows exactly what I'm going through. Like he's a real person. Because if I did this podcast podcast solo and said, I'm just reading off Google and this is what diabetes is. And all you have to do is not do this. And it's like, well, I haven't lived it. And I'm always happy to pass the torch and speak to someone who has lived, uh, lived it. Now, I'm really good at doing this. I want to pull you right back. I want to pull you right back to when you were young. I want to know what was life like way before you got diagnosed and um, and then pass it back and I'll ask you another question right, right when you got it as well. Um, yeah, growing up in a small country town, um, Albury was great as a kid. You know, we had, uh, compared to all the other countries surrounding suburbs, it was an awesome place. You know, you had the Hume Dam, you could always go out swimming. Um, hugely into water polo, my family. So um, played water polo from when I was probably about eight or nine years old. Um, my brother was an incredible water polo player awesome sportsman actually my brother he um really just took to sport so well great at football water polo um awesome swimmer um <laughs> i was a very uncoordinated kid uh terrible at football I'll tell a quick story uh there's uh, i'm about i'm a little over six foot um so you'd think that there would be some, some but just uncoordinated just had no hand-eye coordination at all um i remember one time and i've got the tooth still to prove it i went to try and mark football in afl this is during training not even a game no one's near me at all i've marked the football turned around smacked myself straight into the football post and knocked my tooth out <laughs> Uh, so I just wasn't built for anything with a ball, except for water polo. But um, you know, I still I, I did sport more for just the fun. The I, I just love being around people. I was always that person who just loved, you know, kind of being around everybody. Um, loved running, 
loved running. Um, I remember being like probably the thing that I was really, really good at, you know, state champion cross country. Um, there was a thing called the Nail Can Hill Run, which was like this 11K run, which doesn't sound big, but this, it was a huge steep incline. It was just a massive hill. Um, and uh, I remember being the um, creating, and I did the record, I think, for my age group for that year or something like that. So running was a huge part of my my life um, and just kind of tracking forward when I got after I got diagnosed with diabetes I had a fear of running because I didn't know if I started running am I going to pass out halfway through am I going to have a low blood sugar not be anyone around me so you know that's the thing it started to happen that's kind of why fitness became such a challenge for me because I just didn't know um, you know I, I didn't know how to control it and how to make sure that I was going to be okay yeah so that's interesting because from when I met you and when I when we first started hanging out, you were more like presenter, speaker slash DJ when there wasn't the the DJ there. Um, just uh, you're a good time, like you're a f- really fucking good time. And every time I was around you, I'm like, it's fucking, it's gonna be on. Like it's gonna be a big night. We're all gonna have a good time. So in my mind, I was always like, hmm. I wonder what your story is and I like to hear that because as for the, some of the um, long-term listeners, they'll know that I grew up in Gympie, country Queensland, very similar to where you grew up in a way where it's just like sports big in country towns. Like mm-hmm. we have like people who play for uh, rugby teams from Gympie. We have like feeder teams from there. So to skip forward, what I want to hear about is the thoughts and moments from going from being like a sporty guy mm. and then being told that, you know, you're being diagnosed with diabetes and what were the actual thoughts and fears and how did it affect your life, not just your life, but how did it affect your family around you? Did you have a girlfriend at the time or, you know, what about your friendships around you? Like how did it affect you and how did it make you feel? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so... The funny thing is, I started noticing all these symptoms, and then I Googled doctored myself, and diabetes was the first thing that came up. So I kind of had an inkling, but I wasn't obviously wasn't sure. Um, so when they told me I had type one diabetes, it didn't shock me as much. But I don't know. That was just me, kind of. I'm always a person. I feel that kind of doesn't show a lot of fear or mental strain or anything like that. I just don't like to put my pressure or issues on other people. Um, so I probably kind of hold a lot of, hold a lot of stuff in. Um, and that's probably what I did for a long time with the diet, with the diabetes. Um, I'd joke about it or, um, you know, I'd kind of, just wouldn't really take it as seriously as I probably, as I probably should have. Um, and that's, and funnily enough, it's just really started to only starting to click now, you know, at me tw- at 27. Um, and I really actually don't know why it started to click, you know, with the, with the fitness and stuff, why everything's starting to click now, but it just has. Um, and I can't really pinpoint one certain moment in my life where that has. Um, but the big thing I would say more than the actual physical toll of diabetes, um, uh, is the, me- is the mental, uh, as I said to you, I've never, I never had any sort of panic attacks or anything like that. And then I just I had this one vivid memory of when I was driving 
one day back in Bega. I think maybe at three months after I'd been diagnosed and I had a huge panic attack while I was driving. I thought my blood sugar was dropping. I thought I was about to pass out. I just like swerved onto the side of the road. And I just sat there and I was like checking my sugar. My sugars were fine. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then I just realized I had a panic attack. And I had, and then severely over the years, I had still had them multiple times uh, where I think that I'm in a situation where I'm not going to be able to fix my blood sugar where, you know, I'm going to, and yeah, it became quite crippling and it, you know, it affected my passions like running, you know, I always used to love going for runs, um, which I finally figured out a system that works for me now that I can actually start doing running again and not have that fear of, oh God, shit, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pass out halfway through a run no one's going to know what to do you know i'm not going to wake up again because that's a huge fear for a lot of diabetics is you know they might have a low blood sugar over uh at night time and for a lot for some they don't wake up you know they they, they die in their sleep um which 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 can happen um you know uh yeah and it's you know the other the other form of it is when i was diagnosed um you know i was probably about two days from going into a coma because my ketones were so were so high uh, and they've been so high for so long. So, um, you know, and even looking, you know, at things like America at the moment, um, you know, they don't have healthcare. So people can't afford to buy insulin. So people are dying from a disease that can is easily treatable. Um, you know, the Australian government's done to do a, a bit here, and, and which is awesome um, with subsidising stuff like this because, you know, I didn't choose to have diabetes. Um you know, and they start, and, but you know, there are so many added costs and so many devices out there right now that could, you know, help so many people. And they're helping a lot of the younger guys. Um, but for people who are over the age of 21, we don't really get many subsidies or anything like that just because, you know, they can't, maybe the government can't afford it. I'm not entirely sure. I just, you know, I, I can only speak from my experience. Um, from my family's um, point of view, mum and dad, have, you know, my whole family's been great and supportive. Um, there is a history of type 1 diabetes in my family on my mum's side. Her, my, my grandmother has it and her brother had it and he passed away um, from diabetes um, before I was born. Um, I don't really know what the mental strain would have been on my family. Um, mum's been a huge activist, I think, in um, really trying to get me to be more healthy and fit um, and probably stay away from the alcohol a little bit. Um, and I've probably only noticed in the last couple of years that me and alcohol probably don't have the, the marriage that we're used to anymore. Um, you know, I, I've woken up big night out, blackout drunk and woken up in an alleyway, like just four in the morning, just no idea how I got there. Never happened to me before. And it's happened and it, you know, it's happened a couple of times and I've, I've wallets missing and phones missing and, um, you know, and for, for a while I just kind of went, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's, that happens, but then it continued to happen, and I've gotten to that point where I've gone, well, actually, heavy drinking just isn't good, isn't good for me, you know, and constantly, and, and, and you know, that, and it's just, yeah, so I would say in summarizing that, that the probably the mental strain uh, of type 1 diabetes has probably been the big thing that I've had to kind of, um, kind of look at and go, actually, I'll, I'll, I do actually have somewhat of a mental health problem that I need to, you know, need to look at. That's really interesting to hear and it's something that you know gave me a bit of goosebumps. It was quite emotional to hear because I don't think many people are gonna many people don't ask you those questions. Like mm. what I really like about a podcast is 
you talk about stuff that's quite deep and you know sometimes you're in the sauna with your mate or you're going for a run at the end of the run the endorphins are pumping and people ask these questions but you don't have the time and the place to sit down in a place like this and actually explain it so i think it's really good for you and me and the listeners to really like you know feel that people think diabetes is just a physical state but being unhealthy turns into a mental state and uh, i can actually relate to your story i've never said this on podcasts or instagram or anything before but went out one night with the boys there was um there was a dj on it in ocean street and uh they were like famous we'll get free shots with we had the gold card the vip card and thinking you thinking i'm fucking famous or whatever and getting free shots and i remember it was fireball because i can't drink fireball anymore and before i know it i'm i've blanked out and I don't remember, which is strange and so strange, exactly what you were saying. But I wake up at the back in the car park with vomit all over my jeans, and I've never vomited on myself before, like at an adult age. Um, and then I realize I'm like, fuck, I fucking, I fully blacked out. And that's one of the nights where I walked myself across the road, toward a taxi. The taxi was like 80 bucks to get home because it was the weirdest. The sun was coming up. That's what was fucked. I'm like, anyone could have been anyone could have seen me like i'm a fitness guy i'm a personal trainer i'm a you know a public figure in this area in this space and i was embarrassed i was really embarrassed and um at first i was like yeah it must have been a sick night and then i heard stories about me you know they end up cutting me off at the bar they're like hey you know jackson you're a good guy but you seem pretty drunk and i'm like fucking give me the drinks i'm a fucking this and that and i'm like that's not a good person and that's not me so i can relate to that and it fucking freaks me out talking about it but some of those nights, sometimes you got to go that far to stop. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, go so low blood sugar a few times to realize, oh, I've got to really deal with this. I've got to really manage this. And I also need to be more educated on it and learn more about it. I want a quick definition, the difference between, this is for me actually, the, the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes, um, just a quick definition of it. Yep. So type 1 diabetes, um, from all, all my understanding, uh, is you're born with it. So it's a genetic, something that is genetically uh, in, in you. Um, from my understanding, what happened to me is you know, the gene just laid dormant in my body and then it just decided it was going to wake up. And basically what happens is your body um, is, well, your pancreas just isn't working anymore to kind of help you you know, move all those all your nutrition around your body that's why you kind of start slimming down and your body use starts using fat um you know and muscle as a way of getting energy um because you can't you know push all that glucose around um type 2 diabetes comes largely from ter- bad diet um you know a lot of obese people have type 2 diabetes it's huge in uh, over in the u.s um type 2 and um type 2 can turn into type 1 if you don't look at if you don't look after it people can reverse type 2 too do you can you can reverse type 2 diabetes um i have had people come up to me before this is quite funny but with the first six months when i was still a little bit gullible uh people would come up to me and saying that i could reverse my type 1 diabetes through diet i said to this girl i said oh wouldn't someone have like told people this and discovered this and kind of informed people about this if, if diet was a reason that you could cure type 1 diabetes she's like oh and she started going to all these conspiracy theories and stuff like that and i'm thinking oh god here we go but uh type 1 diabetes currently doesn't have a cure uh it's a fully managed manageable disease um through obviously taking insulin um there's 
huge amount of different devices now that people have that have you can have a pump i um, use injectables never rapid um, which is a daily one and then uh, my lantus which is uh, one i take at night which is just a slow burning insulin that kind of comes over the, the full 24 hours um and then you know checking your blood sugar there's a new um system that's come out lately which is just i think going to be revolutionary and i'm hoping that the government will subsidize it for everyone. They've just announced they're going to subsidize it for, um, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, uh, people under the age of 21, people with pensioner cards and stuff like that. But it's basically a device that you put on the back of your arm and you don't have to prick your fingers anymore. You can just swipe your phone over the top of it and it'll just give you blood sugar straight like that, um, which is huge um, for, for a diabetic. You know, for me, the, that was the biggest fear of when, especially when going for runs, was that I, you know, would have to stop pull out my kit, check my blood sugar. You know, it's a full five-minute process where I could just swipe my arm, check it, go, sweet, I'm all good, and continue running or go, oh, okay, quick, I've got to go get a banana or some sugar, or, you know, something like that. Um, so, yeah, in 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 in, uh, in summarizing that, type one is basically a full genetic d- disease, and then type two usually comes on from bad lifestyle and bad diet. Awesome. That answers it really well. I thought that and, you know, obviously being a personal trainer and nutritionist, online coach, I should be more educated on it. But what I did instead of trying to get really educated on it, I actually would just refer people to see some a specialist. Mm-hmm. If someone came to me online um, and asked for advice about, oh, can I use your workout and your meal plan? I said, look, I'm not a doctor and I don't want this. To, I don't want you to have a problem doing my training program. So I would just actually refer them because it's quite scary. I don't want to you know, be involved in that situation. But I do actually have a lot of articles on my program talking about like managing your nutrition, making sure you have a nice steady stream of protein throughout the day because having steady protein is going to help with your glucose spikes and your insulin levels obviously matching that with the right slow digestive carbohydrates and and then fats as well is really good for function but um as much as i love nutrition and everything like that i've been someone that's like i just find what what works really well for me and i go with it and i find what works really well with my clients and go with it but i don't go too much into detail because you can kind of get lost in the detail unless you're someone who actually has uh diabetes and you need to know so between type one and type two once people actually have um once people have it there's no actual physical difference they both manage the same way uh so type 2 can be managed just through diet um some type 2 diabetics do use insulin um but they might take insulin like some sort of tablet instead of injectables type 1 diabetes is fully just through inject through injectables so you're only ever either having your, your insulin pump or using uh your in, your injectable insulin um that's probably the, the big difference big difference there um and you know again as i said type 2 diabetes it can be re- can be reversible through through fitness and through and, and through diet i will say though on that point what you're saying about proteins and carbohydrates and and fats and stuff like that and this has only come from my experience so far but i found that when you start being fit and you start exercising and then you start going okay well then i need to start managing my diet your whole everything just kind of comes together through those two things um you know i've i I don't eat bread anymore uh when i have low blood sugars i use better food to manage that if i do have a low blood sugar i use a banana you know i used to go for coca-cola and really stuff in high sugar because i would freak out i'd be like i've got to get it up as quick as possible um and you know speaking with uh, one of my endocrinologists and diabetic educators you know that you can use 
um, stuff that's still healthy but still has you know has, has a decent amount of sugar in it. And, you know, bananas are a really really great source of carbohydrates. Um, and, 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 you know, anything with like fructose in it is really, really good. Um, so you can use stuff like that instead of having to go through sugar. And then, you know, yeah, having a good steady um, bit of protein through through the day plus then having, you know, your good fats in there. Fats are really, really slow burner and that's a really, really good one. You know, carbohydrates are going to peak you a lot. So I've been sticking mostly just to rice, um, brown rice most of the time, um, sweet potato, stuff like that, which is really just a nice slow uh, carbohydrate. But, yeah, from my experience, those two things have just have really come kind of come together really really well and you know the things that i've noticed in just the last six weeks like the color of my skin has changed like you know it's funny when you don't exercise and you're not eating right um you know you get this kind of yellowy pale color in your skin which is just really really bad and you know uh, the weight has come back on really really quickly and the big thing and i will say this for a lot of diabetics and this has come from a lot of doctors i've spoken to as well the cardio is a huge key don't ever think that if you're just going to go do weight training because that's what i did for a long time i just did weights and wouldn't do cardio obviously because of that fear of of passing out but the cardio i've noticed results quicker Uh, i'm noticing i'm i'm more defined much quicker as well um it's great for your heart it's great for your veins issues that we that you'll that you may have or you know it's going to keep those issues away longer because you're pumping more blood through your body a lot more um so yeah that's that's the biggest thing i can recommend is getting that getting that cardio in there that's amazing to hear because uh i've never really had someone define that you know about type one type two and it's good to know i actually have more of a open mind and more mindfulness towards people that were born with diabetes or they're genetic because people who have type 2 if i've got this correct it's quite confusing type 2 people who get it through bad diet most most, like usually well i usually am quite straightforward them and say like hey like you've done this to yourself you need to manage it you need to understand it um i don't have as much um you know time to just like help them but with type 1 i'm like wow like this wasn't you don't choose this like this just randomly turned up like or you you know you're born with it the biggest thing that interests me about chatting to you about diabetes is that i've got i follow two or three guys on instagram that um like hashtag like diabetic or diabetes and all this stuff and most of them were born with it so or not just born with it got it when they were very young but you were like in your prime you were like fuck because when you when you're like you know how old were you 21 so you're like you're the man you're 21 you you know you're doing you're doing running you're you're an athlete like you do all the sports you know the ego is quite good when the ego can be the ego is good at that age i think like you need that to be a man you got your people are fighting at school people are picking on people you gotta as long as you're not bullying and as long as you're not picking on people but it's gonna get you through it's get the testosterone when you're training i like that period of your life because i look back at my old 21 yourself and go fuck you're an idiot mate like you're an idiot but i needed to be that person that time to learn but I could not imagine myself in my peak. I was boxing at that time. So I was doing a lot of cardio. I was running, skipping. I was getting into gym as well. I was doing a bit of gym and then a lot of boxing. I competed as a boxer. I could not imagine after all the effort I put in one day to be like, oh, my weight's dropping. And I'm trying to, because I was a really skinny ectomorph as well. Um, so my goal was to put on weight and I didn't really have much body fat. So I just needed to put on muscle. 
And if someone was to, if something was to happen one day and I was like, oh, my weight went down. And then the next week I'm like, oh, I'm weak. I can't lift as much and I have low energy. My weight went down again. But, but I've been training and I've been eating pretty good for that, for a, for a 21 year old. If that was to happen to me, I would go into an insane spiral of depression. And I'm very similar to you in ways where I've got better at it these days because my mom and people around me and people that I've listened to on podcasts have explained that you need to speak about your emotions. If you just bury them deep, like that's when like early suicide, um, you know, the suicide rates of um, 25 to 30 year old males are like skyrocketed because we're like, be tough, be tough. Don't cry in front of your friends, be a man. Our generation and the younger generation is starting to talk more. We're starting to become men that have both sides of the um, the yin yang. We we know how to show emotion, but yeah, it's incredible to hear that. Um, I wanted to chat a little bit about three or four quick tips um, to people who are struggling with their health and fitness at the moment. That that are partying. That this is a really good one. That are working in the party industry because you worked in the party industry you still have gigs where you're inside the festival um, party industry what's some tips to not get not get kept there after your shift ends and what's some tips on like you know you've got some really good friends at the gold coast that are more inclined to party and drink and successful people and then you've got the group kind of here on the sunny coast like myself and a few people that are more like okay let's just more do more fitness things what if someone doesn't have that group and how did you pull yourself out of that situation uh yeah it took me a very very long time and um you know we'll be, i'll be very honest on this podcast uh you know i ruined a lot of relationships um i'm quite a loud out there person um and it's probably, again, that's probably, you know, that's been my big downfall. It's, uh, as my mum would always say, I'm either zero or 10. Um, and zero is obviously when I'm asleep. Um, so, yeah, it, it was always hard for me to say no to people. I always had very bendy arm. You know, someone could convince, you know, people could convince me almost into anything. Um, and it got me into a lot of, a lot of trouble, uh, you know, and I got myself into a lot of trouble with it. Um, you know, I've lost jobs. Uh, I've ruined friendships with it. Um, you know, and I can't, I'm not going to just use the diabetes as an excuse. Um, you know, I, I have to take ownership for a lot of that, a lot of stuff, um, that I've done, done in the past. Um, you know, and it's only been up till probably, you know, in the last probably six, six months or so that I've really kind of looked back at it and gone, wow, God, you've done some dumb shit. Um, but you know, that's a part of life and that's part of learning. Um, you have to take ownership for that. And that's the big thing I have to say to a lot of people, own your shit. Uh, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Um, but you need to acknowledge it. You need to make sure that you uh, you don't blame other people for you, for what you've done, um, and that you try and um, change um, for the better. You know, um, that's all I can say. You know, and I've made mistakes more than once. The same mistakes. Um, and the way that I've kind of realised I've started to get myself out of those situations of you know because I had probably about. Uh, the longest period of time, and this is actually sad saying it out loud, but the longest period of time without touching alcohol for me was probably three three weeks. I probably I, I went out on a, on a Sunday with a couple of mates. That was probably the first time I touched alcohol. And I'm going to tell you right now, the results I've had in the last, you know, three or four weeks, especially with gym, without touching alcohol, has just been absolutely incredible. It's blown, it's actually it's blown my mind. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you can never drink or have a good time or whatever, but I think... 
continuously doing it every single weekend was always my biggest issue, sometimes during the week as well, um, which was just ridiculous, going to work, hungover all the time, um, turning up, you know, used to turn up to work sometimes drunk, um, you know, and, and haven't slept. Um, which is, again, a huge, hugely terrible thing for your body, especially with type 1 diabetes. You know, this is bad for just someone who doesn't have the disease. Um, you know, and it was getting out of that party lifestyle. And what I've realized is that being vocal about what you're doing, so being vocal about, hey, I'm not drinking at the moment, being vocal about um, that you're on this fitness, on a fitness regime, um, that you want to kind of be vocal to people that you want to kind of be able to stay away from alcohol a little bit more than, you know, than, than you usually would. And you don't want to really go out and get drunk. Um, you know, you want to do fitness stuff. You want to go out and, you know, do a bush walk or do whatever. Um, and if you, they're your real friends, they'll support you in doing that. Um, and, you know, they won't peer pressure you into to having, uh, to having a drink. The other thing too, you know, uh, last week... Um, you know, I went out and did some filming with a mate and then he wanted to go out drinking and I said, I'll come out and hang out with you for a while. And, you know, I kind of started feeling the pressure on that and I have one drink and then I thought, no, I'm in a situation where if I keep going, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and, and you know, one of my, the states that I, that I know of, I can get myself into. So you just have to know in yourself and tell yourself, all right, I've got to leave. I'm going to go. So I just said, mate, I'm going to go. Got an early morning tomorrow. I'm going to head off. And he just said, yep, sweet. No problem. All right, catch you later. You know, and that is a huge thing for me because I would never, ever have done that. You know, that was, that's a massive step. So yeah, the, the, the things I would say is that just be really vocal with what you want. Uh, if you're, if you're ready just to go, hey, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink as much as I used to anymore. Uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know why it's it started to click now, uh, but it really, really has. And I just don't have that urge. There was just always that kind of feeling. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I want to go party. I want to go get drunk. It's just really, you know, not there anymore for me. Um, I'd rather be fit and healthy and and look good. And, you know, looking good isn't a, it doesn't have to be a vain thing. It just, you know, it makes you feel better about yourself. Um, and for me, you know, I'm doing fitness doing weights and all that kind of stuff more from a functional point of view than actually trying to get big or anything like that because again ectomorphs we're never going to be the biggest guys in the room um but again you know i just feel better about myself so yeah be vocal that's the bit that's the probably the biggest suggestion i love it bro that gets that gets me fucking excited you know i'm gonna ask you a quick thing when you were talking it was gone through my head it was like is it easier to stop drinking if you start fitness first? I think so. Um, and I think being around people that... I think a huge thing about life is surrounding yourself with people who are going to support you in what you do and surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, not saying that I'm not hanging out with... Uh, you know people who like to party and that but i'm probably not hanging around them as much as i used to um and i'm a bit and i needed to go away and get that strength to be able to say to them hey no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna party i'm just gonna be good and um i'm gonna you know be able to go and go and hang out with these guys again who are my friends um but they're just in a different stage of their life than where i'm at you know they're a bit younger than me you know i had a guy you know living with me a um, mate of mine, Bailey, who, you know, he's in his 20s and he's coming home on a Wednesday or a Saturday and he's partying and I'm cleaning the house and, 
you know, he's feeling, he felt bad that he was coming home hungover or, you know, hadn't slept yet. And I said, mate, you know, like, you, you can't feel bad. You're, in, you're 20 years old. If I told you what I was doing when I was 20, you wouldn't feel bad about it. You'd be probably quite shocked. So don't stress about that. But I think um, for anyone, and if I could talk, tell my younger self, balance, balance it out. Don't just like, you know, yeah, cool. Go and have a bloody big night out on the on the drink that's 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 no problem but balance balance your life out because the problem that i was doing is it was it was like three days of, co- of continuous drinking or it was you know doing stuff middle of the week there was no fitness it was just all just drinking eating bad food coming home going to sleep you know and then i started realizing these things about i couldn't get couldn't get out of bed like i was just oh, i was always struggling to get out go go to work or you know I'd, I'd get home from work and i'd have no motivation to do anything else and it's because there was no balance in my life absolutely no balance at all um and yeah i, I basically what i did is i flicked the switch and i went just gonna start running and i just started running and doing running and i felt started feeling really good about that and then i started doing gym and i started feeling good about that and I just didn't have any inkling to drink, you know. There would be moments where I'd be like, oh, God, I feel like I could just go for have a beer. But something would tell me just, hey, don't don't worry about it. So I feel like there definitely is that connection between if you start doing fitness and you start feeling well, your mind and your body will kind of already tell you, hey, well, if you go out and have a drink now, you're probably going to ruin some of the you know good stuff that you've been doing. Um, maybe pick a pick a pick a birthday or pick a a Saturday once a month where you're gonna go sweet. All right, this is gonna be my night, my day to go night out. But what you have to do, and this is the big thing I've noticed, go to the gym the next day or go for a run or just do some sort of exercise the next day. It doesn't have to be it could be a walk, you know, it could be a ten k walk or something, whatever. But do that the next day because that what ha- what happens is that starts your route your exercise routine over again, and then you don't go miss two days of exercise and then by monday you're like oh no i can miss another day and then you start missing another day and then by then you know then it's next saturday and you're like oh yeah, i'm just gonna go out again and then you've stopped that whole cycle and then and that's what used to happen to me i would stop my cycle and then i would just six months later i'll be like oh crap i've got to start exercising again that's good advice man something that i'd like to explain is you know when i was 18 i was addicted to alcohol I was taking speed MDMA. I was selling drugs because I was living in a country town. I didn't have a job. There wasn't any really. The people who were personal trainers at gyms back then were the gym owners. You didn't. That no one had a certificate. Like it was, it was old school. So I didn't really have opportunity. Uh, I did have jobs like picking beans and working at Domino's, but working at McDonald's and Domino's just led me to meeting people that were older that were just partying after my shift and everything anyway. And it was underpay, and I valued myself more than that. Got to a stage where I was that addicted to... I was selling drugs, taking half... When I was making profit, I was taking half the drugs and alcohol. Alcohol was just second to none. And I was looking for the endorphins I was getting from having a good night. Because you've had some of those nights where they're like, fuck, this is one of the best fucking nights ever. And I will say that if you're living under a rock, go to a festival and not drink a whole fucking carton, but have a few drinks... Maybe smoke a little bit of this, that, whatever. Like, try some stuff. If if you're 18, you know, you've got your shit sorted. You're around good friends. You're responsible. You got to lift home, or whatever. Enjoy yourself. But this is very addictive, and you start to only get endorphins and that feeling of having fun when you blast it on whatever you're using. So I realized that if 
like you said, next day, as soon as you're hungover or whatever, like you got to reset the routine. I would find that I needed to figure something else to get my endorphins from. I didn't want to rely on like talking to a girl or having been in a relationship because you don't really decide that. That's when you're young. It's like the, you have a girl, she says she loves you. Next day, she's found someone else. You know what I mean? That's when you're young. So for me, it was like create my own routine. So it starts from the second you wake up. So I made a YouTube video just today on morning routines and it's like, wake up, have your phone away from your bed on on um, charge. So then when your alarm goes off, you have to physically get up out of bed. That's a key one for me. That was a game changer. Many years ago, I did that. And then straight after that, glass of water, cold shower, bang, get straight outside or go straight to the gym, exercise or whatever. Like get, your, get some endorphins running, get your body moving. And then because you've, you've already had a little win, you know, like, to add another one i'm now making my bed i even make sure it's nice and neat you look those little wins they add up and you got to win there you got to you got to win with having water because sometimes people go half a day without having water because you have your coffee and then you go to work late and then you're like oh shit i haven't had water the whole day so you do that you do a bit of exercise and then nine o'clock you're like fuck i've done more this morning than i have usually in a weekend you get endorphins from that and then you get into some like proper sport or exercise program or something that you, you set a goal, you know, and I think that's what the next step for you is, is you need to set yourself like an actual goal for exercise and fitness because you'll get to a point where you're like, you'll be pretty fit and then you need something to really push you over that like next level. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that chat. I want to discuss just quickly and I appreciate everyone listening. And um, if you've made it this far, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed it, um, chuck in the, throw in the comments there, screenshot it and chuck it on your story on Instagram and tag me at Jackson JFit. But I want to ask Joey um, a little bit off subject, but something to do with the businesses that he, business he's doing at the moment that I want to be involved in. And I want to know what's the new business that you're doing where you're going to events and restaurants and stuff like that. Just give us a little quick intro. So, um, an idea popped up um, a couple of months ago with another mate of mine that uh, called Marty Brooks, who's um, an incredible videographer and, and photographer on the Gold Coast. And uh, we met um, three friends of ours, but then really got to know each other. I did uh, hosted Schoolies TV back in uh, 20, 2018. Um, so, and that's where we basically, for two weeks, we just hung out with the schoolies kids and videoed their experience to kind of sell to the next year and and show them what school what schoolies was like and it was it was an awesome fun it was a crazy two weeks it's absolutely full on you're filming all day and then you get back to the hotel and then we're editing till three or four in the morning and then we're back up again nine ten o'clock in the morning filming all day again so yeah it was an incredible two weeks and um really kind of gave me that new passion to really be in front of the camera and i've been in radio for eight or nine years behind the mic and um always you know had a little bit of an inkling for for being in front of the camera but that really created the passion for me wanting to kind of follow into this into this and didn't really know how i was going to get into it and we came up with this idea to kind of do get us getaway style videos but localized to um, a particular area and, and get more uh, venues involved and and not just be kind of a generalized overview of say the Gold Coast where I'm living at the currently but more in-depth look so if you're a tourist and you come here you can go on our website which is called What's Up GC um, which we're starting up at the moment and you can just go all right I want to find somewhere to go for dinner and then there's a two-minute video 
giving you all the details about what they food they serve, the history of the venue, um, you know, stuff that they might have going on there during the week. You know, you might be there on a Tuesday. That video will tell you, oh, it's karaoke night there or whatever it is. Um, but it's not just venues. We'll do, you know, events that happen during the year. We're going to gonna also do um, places you can go work out if you're we have a lot of people who come to the Gold Coast who travel there. They might only just do like a day off and then they have to fly back the next day or whatever, but they might want to get a run in in the afternoon. Um, you know, the best places to run, the best places to do a, a, a good little body workout. There's some, the Gold Coast City Council really invested at the moment into putting some really good workout outdoor workout gyms in. Um, there's one in Burley, which is just absolutely incredible. Probably the best one I've seen on the Gold, on the Gold Coast. It's really, really good. Um, and... Want to do it in an entertaining, well, entertaining way, informative as well, and um, a little bit fun. But um, really wanted to, yeah, kind of throw my passion back in there because I've kind of just been um, after I, uh, I'm, sadly, this is probably the, the the kind of the sad moment of uh, of one of the biggest regrets of my life was, you know, this having this drinking problem um, where I got too drunk at a work function one time and and um, and uh, yeah. Uh, stuffed up in front of some pretty important people and and um you know that they had they, unfortunately um they had to let me go and you know it's, it's something i look back with just you know out of sadness and disgust at myself and um you know it took me a long time you know again only in the last probably six months to really look back at it and go wow you actually do have a yeah, it's, it, alcohol alcoholism can come in so many different ways it doesn't have to just be someone who drinks all the time it, you my behavior chat my behavior changes um, depending on how much, you know, how much I drink, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I can't have a beer or two, but identifying that issue of going, all right, well, you, knowing when enough is enough. And that was always been my problem is, again, zero or 10, not knowing when to go, all right, you've had enough, you need to chill out, relax, um, and not step over that line. Um, so, yeah, um, I've been able to get back into a, something I'm really, really passionate about um, and hope to bring it not just uh, on the Gold Coast, but hopefully right throughout Australia and do What's Up Adelaide and What's Up Sydney and maybe even take it overseas and do What's Up Bali and What's Up America. You know, the, the sky's the limit, man. But um, yeah, it's something obviously that um, we're going to get you involved in, um, especially on the fit on the fitness side, being able to show people, you know, a good... 20 minute quick workout that you can do you know absolutely anywhere or you know you can chuck a run in or whatever so yeah man it's really exciting to uh to do it and get you on board awesome so if everyone is listening that's uh what's up is it what's up gc dot com uh yes oh instagram what's up gc on instagram and facebook awesome always always keen to support my mates and people that i know that you know it's all this is the thing People in Australia, it's Australia's the worst for it. People don't. People want to see you do good, but not better than what they're doing. The mud crab syndrome, or the small poppy syndrome, or whatever you want to call it, it really surprised me because I was in Instagram early, and I travelled. I've travelled the world, and I've worked with American guys and influencers, and I've always had people try to lift each other up. But then in Australia, I met a few people, and I'm like, wow, no one really wants to help each other out. So my big goal has always been like doesn't matter who they are, what they're doing. If someone respects me, treats me well, I want to give them a, a bit of a shout out, but also be involved in what they do. And if we all just collaborate with each other, that's how there's 13-year-olds on TikTok with for fucking 10 million followers because mm. everyone's collaborating and just dancing and have fun and everyone wins. There's plenty of people. People will follow both accounts. People will follow both businesses. People are going to eat at McDonald's one day and Hungry Jack's the next day. Like They should be doing collaborations. It's crazy to even say that as on a fitness podcast, but yeah, you know what I mean? It still works. Um, 
I'm going to throw some cool questions at you, um, answer them with a few an- uh, short answer. It's uh, what's the coolest festival that you've been to and worked at? Uh, coolest festival I've been to would have to be Coachella back in uh, 2016 over in the US. Did that with my brother and his mate. Uh, we did a big caravan tour of the US uh, for two weeks and then came back and finished at Coachella. Recommend do not fly the day after you go to Coachella. The worst decision ever. Maybe we have to take the caravan back, then get on a flight. It was absolutely awful, but by far the best festival I've been to. Ice Cube performed. Snoop Dogg came out on a man, on a giant tricycle. I don't know why I was on a tricycle. He was wearing a robe. I've never seen so many people smoking marijuana in one spot. It was awesome calvin harris played we had guns and roses it was it was awesome um festival i've worked at would uh would have to be um big pineapple fest mitchy um one of, one of my good one of our good mates um he owns um pineapple express and um yeah he uh, met him a few many many years ago and um he got me on to mc and it's always been an absolute joy to go there and get in front and get in the crowd and do videos and stuff like that so that's yeah it's probably been the the, the top two all right, great. Uh, what's the most, number one, what's the most famous person you've interviewed on the radio? And number two, what's the most, what's the, like the funniest, most interesting person you've interviewed on the radio? That's a very, very hard one. Um, oh, most famous person. Oh, I'm going to have to rail off a couple because I don't know who's, who it would be, but Shawn Mendes is certainly up there. Um, Jess Glynn I've interviewed before God I'd have to go back through my radio interviews and really and really take a look um, uh, Dean Lewis has always been a really lovely one um, he was such a such an interesting dude such a quirky guy uh, but just really had good music chats and that's something um, I've always really tried to do especially in music interviews is really just talk about their music don't talk about their you know they're a musician i'm not going to go to i'm not going to go and talk to jackson and start talking about you know something that he has absolutely nothing you know delve into his personal life or anything like that we're just going to talk about you know fitness or something like that you talk to musician you talk to him about music don't ask them you know what they're like on toast in the morning or something like that like who cares about that um and um, the other one, uh, funniest interview. Oh God, that's a tough one. Who's been Who's been the most entertaining? Peaking Dark by far. Funniest dudes. They're absolute legends. They just come up. They just they come in with such a ball of energy. And you know, sometimes I've been on a big bender from the night before. They're absolute party animals, um, but they're just the nicest dudes. And they're yeah, they're absolutely hilarious. I just heard Peking Duck on the radio three or four days ago and uh, they were just saying the funniest shit, like stuff that was borderline even allowed on the radio and they were just repping it and they were saying like the radio presenter, who's the tall football guy that does radio here on the in Brisbane? Uh, oh, anyway, he's on Big Brother anyway. Um, oh, Fitzy. Fitzy, Fitzy, thank you. Uh, Fitzy was on the radio. He's hilarious. I enjoy listening to him. Um, Fitzy was cracking up about it. Fitzy's like, oh, what's the what's the craziest Los Angeles party you've been to? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we went to this party and um, this famous person was here and, you know, this 50 Cent was here and they were like, it was crazy. And then they're like, what's it like compared to... Because they, they, were, they were raised in some country town, New South Wales, Victoria or something as well. Like they're from like, you know, rock bottom. 
and they were like, but we've had some sick parties with like um, our resident DJ Tomo at their local party. So that was hilarious to listen to. Um, one more question. Uh, either uh, best book or article or movie or podcast you've listened to lately, which is pretty, you know, pretty broad, but something like that. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm not a huge reader. Um, and I want to say to people who, and I always felt really guilty about that, not reading for a long time. And then I saw the, the man himself, Mr. Gary V, uh, talk about how he doesn't read books at all. Um, and you know, books don't always have to be your source of knowledge. There are so many different places and so many different things, uh, that you can go to or do to, to gain knowledge. And you know, a book doesn't always have to be that you know you can watch a documentary you can go on youtube you can look up an article online you know you can watch an, an, something on netflix like it does you know you can you can be the number one person on pop culture you don't always have to be you know everyone's got their passion and everyone can kind of you know find um their joy it doesn't always have to come from books and i always felt really guilty about that until i until i saw that someone that successful obviously saying that he's never really read a book in his life um so Netflix, uh, there's a TV series called Lock and Key at the moment, which I absolutely love. Um, you have to watch it. Like I'm telling you, there's some shows that you can kind of not always have to be there, but you really need to watch it. You have to keep up to, up to date with it. It's really, really good. Uh, Sex Education is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if you've seen that. I love that show. I've just started getting into um, the second season. Um, oh, what else is I watching? Um, there's a new show um, called Babies, which they do. A t- they basically go through and do like this 12 month um, kind of trial on, on on looking into babies and you know, how they develop and how that kind of affects us in, in later life and all that kind of stuff. So, so I've just started watching that. It's super interesting. Um, my favorite movie of all time would have to be uh, a pretty unknown one from Denzel Washington called Hurricane. Um, which uh, is I'm huge into bio biographical movies. Um, loving it, a good biopic. Um, and this one's about uh, a boxer that was um, basically put in jail um, on accusations of, of murdering um, uh, some white, uh, a large amount of white people back in America. When obviously you know there was still that huge kind of battle between um, black and whites there. And um, he was a famous boxer, and he got put in prison by this police officer that had kind of followed him throughout life. Um, and it's an incredible story. It really, really is. And it's about this kid who, you know, reads your book that he wrote in prison and then gets lawyers. And it's just, I'm not going to say anymore because, yeah, you have to go watch it. But that that's probably my number one movie all time. It's just Denzel killing it. All right. Thank you so much, Joey. That was awesome. We killed it. I uh, really appreciate it. Now we're actually going to go do a workout with the boys. Uh, yeah, Joey was like, make sure we get a workout in. I'll do the podcast. We'll do a workout. And then... Um, Stay tuned. We're going to be doing a video. You'll see it on my Instagram and YouTube. We're going to be doing some um, food eating challenges. And Joey's going to be like MC slash I'll put some food into him too. So it's going to be good. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. See you later.